뭐야? 소독해? 창문 닫어. 나도 봐. 공짜로 집안에 소독도 하고. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we're discussing Parasite 2019, the new South Korean satirical black comedy thriller. Two hours and 12 minutes, directed by Bong Joon-ho and written by Bong Joon-ho and Han Jin-won. Apologies for any of the mispronunciation. My South Korean is pretty minimal next to none. So if uh, the only thing I get right is Bong Joon-ho's name, I I apologize on that. Um, With respect to the actors and everyone that worked on this film, um, I will just say straight off the top, uh, wow, Parasite Parasite 2019 left me speechless. Um, This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production, EliasRoushMedia.com. So let's talk about Bong Joon-ho real quick as the director. Bong Joon-ho, I am personally not too familiar with him as a director. I only know his name just because, you know, of uh, the, I believe it was a Netflix film uh, called Okja in 2017. And uh, then he also directed Snowpiercer 2013, Mother 2009, The Host 2006, and uh, also Memories of a Murder 2008. Three. Most of these films all have some sort of uh, message that really entails uh, what he's trying to put into the narrative structure of his movies. He always has a strong message, no matter if he's talking about uh, almost like factory farming, I believe, is what Okja was. Um, I haven't actually seen that movie, so I'm just kind of basing it off of what I've heard. Um, Snowpiercer was another kind of class divide, uh, caste system sort of movie. Um, And I have actually not seen The Host, but this uh, Parasite 2019 is the type of movie you will want to check out a director or uh, cinematographers or work their pre want you will want to check out their previous work I will tell you 20 this Parasite 2019 movie had me on pins and needles I loved 99% of this movie and I thought that when I say things hit on all cylinders I'm talking about every single thing in this ride every single uh, the, the directing, the pacing, the tone, the writing, the acting, the cinematography, the messaging, the theme, the score, the detail. It's all there. I'm telling you, go watch this movie, Parasite 2019. I cannot say it enough. It's probably going to be at your local indie cineplex or something like that. Or if you can rent it, and uh, then definitely do it. Um, you want to go in as blindly as possible. I had next to no info on this i believe it's an 11 million dollar movie and worldwide it's already made 90 million so um people not just in south korea not just in the u.s but worldwide this has a message that uh will resonate not uh just with uh it, it has a universal message that is relatable and it um yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. The cinematography, Hong Kyung Pyro, um, he, he's amazing in it. I'm actually not too familiar with his work. Um, I, I'm guessing majority of it is South Korean. But um, let me see. Jin Won Han is the other writer on this movie. And uh, he's also a second unit director. I think he was also working on Okja with... Bong Joon-ho. Um, Bong Joon-ho also likes to use a lot of the same uh, cast in some of his movies. So one of the actors he likes using a ton is King Hong Song, who plays uh, Kim K-Tak. Um, and uh, King Hong Song, you will recognize this actor from uh, Memories of a Murder, uh, The Host, and Snowpiercer. Um, among many other things. He's a 
pretty fantastic actor, and um, I, 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 honestly, this entire cast uh, is is phenomenal, and I can't say enough good things about all of the cast. Ying Ying Jong Jo as uh, Miss Park, So Dom Park as Kim Ji Kung, and uh, the young man is his name is Wu Si Choi. And he plays Kim Ki-woo. So, uh, yeah, so that's about all the Korean I'm going to be able to say for now. I really don't think I should uh, talk too much, uh, use too much of the names uh, for this because I, I'm just not that, uh, I'm not sure what I'm saying exactly. I, I could be saying it horribly wrong. So I don't mean to be do, doing that and offending anybody. So uh, I, I will say an amazing movie um, I did want to talk, let me see if there's anything else. All right, so uh, there's going to be kind of a double spoiler bumper on this, uh, feature. This, this is where I'm going to stop to say, if you don't want to know anything about this movie, I'm going to give some slight synopsis details, just kind of, uh, entrancing us as the listener and what the heck this world is. What is Parasite 2019 even about? I've talked about it for over what, five minutes and we'd have no idea. So, um, yeah, let me talk about this uh, synopsis. I'm not going to talk about spoilers yet, but I really don't want anyone to listen to this if they have not seen the movie already because it is just nice going in extremely um, vague. You don't want to know any details going into this movie. And that's pretty much the word around town, around, uh, uh, you know, the, the reviews about this movie. You want to go in completely blank. And so I am going to talk about the synopsis now. I'm giving you the chance to pause it, go check out, uh, Parasite 2019, go listen to another Lucky Dog review on the way there and come back. And we're going to talk about Parasite 2019. Okay, so here is the synopsis. All unemployed, Kai takes family, Kai takes families takes peculiar interest in wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. And it's this movie is broadly and I'd say broadly messaged around the political class system in South Korea, but also can be applied to pretty much any class system um, or just, uh, uh, you know, financial uh, struggles and within lower class families um, can be applied to just about any um, place in the world. And so what this movie does is it really entrenches you with this family. And we see the, the, the kind of somewhat of the day-to-day -day struggles that they have to go through. And so this movie is generally about this family being tired of struggling. They don't want to do that anymore. They're, they're, they're tired of it. So, um, so one thing I've noticed about this movie specifically is what really makes a great movie in my opinion is not that the fact that it hits on all these cylinders that you know the directing the tone the acting the writing um it's that it feels natural and organic and is cinematically told and has details in it that make you want to go back and rewatch and revisit what what you just experienced and so this movie provides all of that and it has so much it, it's so much of a smart thriller that it uh it never feels like it's kind of out of the realm i guess it generally everything in it feels very natural and organic and that's something that feels nice when watching uh a movie of this uh scale speaking of scale i had heard another uh podcaster on YouTube, uh, I'm trying to, uh, Breaking Brad or something, I, I don't know, something, I, I can't remember if what exactly his name was, but um, he had mentioned the scale of this movie. It's kind of hard to describe the scale of this movie because what it does is it 
it starts off uh, kind of like this, you know, small ball of yarn, and you're un you're pulling at the string of it and unraveling the story as you're going. And so you start off real small, but as you keep on going, you realize it's it's much bigger and um, in grand uh, scale, I guess. And what happens to these people and throughout the story just increases in fold. And so it feels like every 15 to 20 minutes, another mic drop happens. And you're like, holy shit, holy shit. I literally had my hands over my mouth about an hour and 40 minutes of the movie because I was in shock. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And so I just loved how... Uh, uh, the cinematic storytelling aspect of this was just so um, gripping. And, uh, you know, there's so much of the movie that plays to um, you forgetting that it is a South Korean movie. You are watching subtitles, but um, uh, the movie is so interesting and so uh, visual, has such a visual cinematic language that you don't you aren't reading tons and tons of information because it is so visual. Um, let's see anything else that we can talk about from the class standpoint. So yeah, this is it has a very social and political message regarding uh, the financial status, specifically in social. Uh, sorry, in uh, South Korea, and um, the way that you know this story is told is just absolutely masterful and. Uh, Anything else that we would like to maybe cover from, uh, you know, cover from a non-spoiler point of view? I think we've covered just about all of that we can. Um, yeah, I, this is the type of movie, like I said, I'm going to uh, check out more of Bong Joon-ho's uh, filmography as well. I, I need to see more of this guy's work. This is such a, a masterful movie. I gave it... A nine out of ten, and to be honest, it's uh, every bit of in my top five of my movies of this year. Amazing movie. Um, let me see. Okay, I believe we are going to talk about Parasite twenty nineteen in spoiler section. So I need you to get the hell out of here if you have not seen. Parasite 2019, because if you have not seen Parasite 2019 and you're listening to this, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know where you've been or if you're under a rock or you can't get to the pause button and I'm just elongating this. Either either way, I need you to wait, go watch the movie, then come back and then I'll give you the goods. I'll give you the, I'll give you the lowdown. I've got some good notes on here. I do have... One minor quibble uh, towards uh, in the spoiler section. So I think that we'll just save that for there. And uh, let's do it. Let's talk about spoilers for Parasite. Okay, so let me see. The third act of the movie, it's, it's kind of got like a third act and then uh, epilogue sort of thing at the last 20 minutes. The third act. So, once we find out all this craziness, I think it's around the hour 15 mark, where every 15 minutes something falls from the tree. Something, uh, another cat is out of the bag. It's, okay, so the family's trying, you know, the our family is trying to con the rich family, the Parks family. So we're like, holy shit, that's intense. At, there was one scene that I realized that uh, this movie was going to be, you know, suspenseful, smart, detailed, and cinematic as hell, all in like two, 20 seconds. And it's the shot where um, the brother and sister are walking up, introducing, um, I think her name is Jessica. Wait, did I say Jessica? Is her name Jessica? Wait, sorry, but I'm, I don't know what the hell I'm thinking. Uh, when they are introducing his sister um, as the tutor, and they're getting ready to go over their parts, and 
in like five to ten seconds, you understand that this movie is not only smart, it's slick. The way they're shooting the camera down these long hall, uh, it's not hallways, but it's, it's these kind of narrow roads um, that they live on. Um, it looks amazing. And then with the writing, you find out in, in very little time how fast uh, and how smart they are. Um, and so, oh, the, yeah, the details. The, um, okay, so, yeah, the details in this movie are just amazing. So, I mean, once we learn out that in the first 15 to 20, we're, we learn a little bit more about, you know, the... the the family is trying is getting almost intimate with the, you know the uh, the parks. You know, the young man is making out with the young lady, and they're tr- they're having some intimate moments and whatnot. Um, so we already know that's bad news, bears. And there's something weird with this kid, uh, the boy. Something you know crazy happened to him when he was younger, and the the way they show what happened to him was was, I mean, looks scary as fuck. I, I, I would say it as a kid that uh, if I was a kid, I would be traumatized. If I was a grown man and saw that uh, ghost as a young boy, I'd be fucking traumatized. I mean, given we know it's not a ghost, but still, I, that's almost worse <laughs> what he saw. So, um, and the only thing you see is uh, this man and uh, his head is just, it's it's like the top of his head is just peeking up above the stairs and it is just like a scary ass image oh my gosh so um yeah the, at the beginning we find out you know this maid also something's fucking weird with this maid she's uh a little extra nice and yeah you know she's playing she's she's got she's great with the kid and they go out of their way to show that and um the small details they're trying to plant with um, uh, getting rid of the driver, getting rid of the maid, trying to infiltrate the family and bring in the the lower class family into the higher class family by taking over their day to day jobs, essentially of their original caretakers. And so, I, this is all within the first forty minutes, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I mean, it is so detailed in this movie that they go down to showing um them rehearsing their parts when they're back at um back at home and um it's it's amazing i heard that they recreated this uh quote-unquote lower class neighborhood so they they could manipulate everything they needed to about it um i thought that it looked spectacular for for the set design i thought it was a real place um, later in the movie, it gets, uh, you know, I'll talk about the flooding, but my gosh, it, 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 I, it, it makes sense for how they did it. Um, let me see anything else. Um, the direction and all of this, I, I really like, I talked about it a little bit more in the spoiler, um, free section, but the way Bong Joon-ho is filming this family as they are either going to the parks or coming from the parks, the parks of the rich family, their household to their house, um, the the camera literally tra- is a tracking shot, and it rises up as they're going to the higher class society, quote unquote, neighborhood. Versus if they're going down, the camera pulls down, as if we're going down or in the depths of a quote unquote lower class society, and or neighborhood. Sorry. And it's small touches like that that really put an emphasis on great storytelling and make me as a videographer and a director of, you know, cinema or sorry, not cinema, but uh, digital media. It makes me want to keep an eye on, you know, how I move the camera up and down and what that means for the cinematic storytelling of the language. It's, it's crazy just that a camera movement can do something so simple and tell yet tell so much. So. Um, yeah, the details and the direction and cinematography, uh, you know, the coloring, everything's amazing. Um, and the way that they show the divide between the lower class and the higher class is, is quite incredible. And just the way they kind of, uh, fantasize about the location that they live in, the house, the real estate, it, the real estate is almost just as much as of a character, um, 
uh, in both in both scenarios, the lower class uh, uh, community versus the uh, the house that we're generally in in the higher class parks um, neighborhood, both of those quote unquote areas or communities are both very much uh, rich pieces of uh, character that give meaning to this movie that just it's just that much more emphasis in it to say this is what they're living with these are the conditions they have to live with and uh, there's a lot of counterbalance between through this movie of showing you know um, extravagant closets where you can walk in all day like it's a, a Prada department store in your closet at the park's house the, at the rich family home versus if we're with the uh, the poor family, uh, they're having to at one point sleep, sleep in a gymnasium because their house has been flooded. And just that entire flooding scene is incredible. I was like, how the hell did that happen? Um, first of all, so quickly, but, um, the direction in it, it felt, made you feel claustrophobic. It made, it was thrilling. I was, I was pins and needles. Like I said, I was, I was like, I can't believe this director, you know, these people are able to, uh, convey this, uh, sense of dread. And it feels like the tension just keeps on getting ratcheted up and not 10 minutes before they were all trying. They were all uh, in the park's house, and I-, I completely left out the part where the 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 overnight camping trip happens. Um, this is in that full forty minutes, right before the hour mark. I think everything before that. I think it's about forty five minutes in. The poor family is taken over the entire rich family's house while the the they are going on a camping trip. And everybody is uh, solidified into their parts. You know, one's a tutor, one's a babysitter, one's basically a caretaker, and the other one's a driver. All the family members have a role, and they, you know, they practice their roles like hell. I mean, they're, it's it's amazing the way they show that. But so they get sloppy one night. They decide to get drunk and have a party in the rich folks house and you really kind of get an idea of how kind of shitty these people are at some point because most of the time you feel bad for these people you know you, uh, you can see that they're really struggling like they'll be they're really struggling in the majority of this movie but then you kind of see the flip side once they kind of get what they want and uh they're not that great of people i mean they're throwing uh peach fuzz on the maid to make her have allergic reactions to make her look like she has tb uh like that's fucked up that's so fucked up and um i didn't think that was going to be the thing that came back into the story i didn't think that the maid was going to be such an integral part once the hour mark hits and they're having this drunken uh party at their um at the park's residence the maid shows back up looking all sorts of crazy asking you know can I get something from the basement that I left when I was fired there it's like what the fuck and so this entire sequence of her uh coming in everybody having to kind of clean up real quick um and hide is is an amazing sequence and then ev- once she walks in the house it's like it's almost like you've lit the fuse to dynamite and you're just watching that fuse go straight to something about the blow. And it is fucking intense as fuck. When the direction of uh, them having the camera follow um, the maid downstairs, sorry, the mother downstairs, and you see the maid is like standing at this um, bookshelf trying to push it. I was, and she's like screaming, uh, you know, bloody murder. She's like, ah, and you're like, oh my gosh, you're like, what is going on in this fucking movie? It just got more and more intense ever since you see that shit. And you find out there's this underground bunker and you're following fucking the, the, the original maid and she's running downstairs 
yelling, yelling, and you're like, the camera is following her down these long fucking hallways. They got so much use out of these hallways. I was very surprised. I was curious if that actually was the uh, the floor uh, basement of this house. I kind of have a feeling it's not, but I'm just going to uh, pretend it is. Uh, I was very impressed by the way that that was shot, and it was extremely intense. Turns out she's yelling, honey, honey, and her fucking husband is living in a hidden cellar basement of the Parks family. And I was floored. I don't think I breathed for like 20 minutes. I was like, uh, I was on pins and needles. I, I was like, oh my God, you know, like so many times. And so, um, yeah, I was just in shock when that was happening. So that uh basically the family is spying on uh, uh the the poor family comes down to the basement and spying on everyone and the the maid and her husband are asking them not to you know be don't tell on anyone don't tell the parks don't tell anybody that this is happening that we have him down there um he's trying to avoid loan quote unquote loan sharks that you know are trying to get uh, money from him because of his business going under. And so uh, when uh, the mother, uh, Chung Suk, who is the mother of the poor family who's taken over the maid's job, she threatens to call the police. The entire family is listening in around the corner and falls downstairs and the and they're like cussing and they're like, oh, my back, oh, pops, oh, dad, uh, you know, daughter or, you know, whoever, you landed on my back or something like that. And so the old maid and the husband start recording all of this happening, the the poor family falling down the into the basement. And they get it all on recording that the uh, fucking poor family is conning the rich family. And so they have all of this on tape, uh, on uh, tape, on uh, video. And so uh, the maid, the, the sorry, the old maid and her husband are using that video as leverage, saying that they'll send it to the Park fam- Parks family um, if they don't, you know, let them out of the basement. And so they kind of hold it uh, at them, at, almost like at gunpoint, but it's a like finger point or something like that. And so uh, the way that the the tides shift left and right, left and right into this movie are just amazing. And I, I could just go on and on about how. Uh, incredible that sequence was, but um, eventually you, um, it, it's interesting because at some points you're cheering for some people and then at other points you're like, oh no, 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 fuck him, fuck him, I'm get him out of here, get him out of here, you know, he, he flips it on, he flips the characters you think you know on your head and the situations all the time. And so once the, all of that happens, uh, uh, let me see. The the parks end up having to come back from their uh, tent, uh, sorry, their tent, their uh, camping trip, and they're like, oh, we're coming back, it's uh, heavy rain, and we're going to just uh, have a little uh, family time back at the house, we'll see you in 10 minutes, and they're like, see you in 10 minutes, the fucking house is a mess, the, uh, the, the, the lower class family is all being taken advantage of and uh, put into a corner and their hands are having to be put into the air and they just have to like stand there. Oh, they're not being taken advantage of. Uh, that's not what I meant, but they're just have they're being held quote unquote hostage while the, uh, the old maid and her husband are laying on the sofa, kind of just taking it easy. And so once that whole bra- brawl uh, happens, that's when the Parks family calls, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's a clusterfuck, the house is a wreck, everything's fucked. Um, and so, once that happens, they're trying to uh, get the ma- they try to get the phone from the old maid and her husband, and that whole struggle is fucking intense. It's almost like an operatic, uh, uh, not an operatic, uh, it's almost like a dance in the way that they are trying to gather all of these sequences. It's it's a quote-unquote montage of 
putting the house back together before the Rich family gets back, the Parks family gets back. And it uh, it's intense. It's like, you know, you got to make the food. You got to sweep the uh, sweep the glass. Uh, you got to get the maid and the husband back down in the cellar without them sending that that video. Um, it just tons of things happen have to happen all before this family gets back and you know turn on the light do this do that do that and once they get every once they get it all taken care of uh the parks family walks in and then i believe it's the maid that is about to the sorry the old maid is walking back up real quick she's got her hands tied and everything but she's trying to uh, come up to tell the parks family they're being you know kidnapped basically um the mother kicks the maid back, does like a back kick and like a, like a horse kick and kicks her down the stairs backwards. And she goes rolling and fucking slams her head into a concrete wall. And that is a number of slams and in, into the heads of some of these characters that happened throughout this movie. But it was fucking like oh like i was like this is intense as fuck like i said i did not think that it could ratchet up the the intensity more and more and more and more but my gosh with a horse kick to the face to the throat down the stairs my god i was like this is fucking crazy so i figured they basically killed the maid right there which essentially she does die from the concussion a little bit later but um the uh Mr. Mr. Kim, I think his name is the uh, the the driver, the dad of the lower class family. I, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, Kim Kaitek. Um, he goes down to talk to to go tie up, uh, you know, the maid that's been bumped in the head, and uh, and. I don't at that point I don't think she she's dead she's he realize, he he's the one that confirms that she's got a concussion but she's still breathing but he goes down and talks to his uh to the poor guy in the uh sorry the old maid's husband who's been living down in the basement and we go down there and find out that he's been responsible for turning on the lights for the house and we're like holy shit, is this guy, like, for some reason, the family thinks that it's, um, the family thinks that it's uh, automatic, but there's literally a guy in their basement controlling all of their lights. It's just like, oh, she, <laughs> like, it's a whole nother level, and you realize that he, uh, the, what's it called, the man in the basement has a whole system set up to uh, communicate the Morse code. And so you're like, what the fuck? The, through the lights. I was I was like, what is going on? So that sort of pans out towards the end of the third act. It was supposed to kind of come through what I thought was, uh, I mean, we see the young boy later spelling out the tent, in the tent. Uh, it looked like help me or something like that. Um, but ultimately, that boy, nothing comes from the boy um, kind of being different. I was a little bit disappointed on that. I will say the, the the disappointments of the film did kind of come from around the end of this movie. And it was kind of the abruptness of it. It, it definitely tonally felt like a little bit out of left field with this, uh, the, the more... The violence ratcheted up. The less of the comedy, uh, the less comedy was there. Um, obviously, that would be as natural as it happens. But like, it, it happens. It, like this, this it's not so much a party anymore, and it starts to become a nightmare. And I guess that might be what you know the parasite. You know what? What I think the name of the movie Parasite actually has to do with is the young. It's the lower class family kind of feeding off the hosts of the uh the parks family which i do believe makes the most uh cinematic sense so um the end of this movie consists of basically the the parks family being pushed to their wits end and 
they what what kind of irritates me with it is that they keep talking about this plan and throughout the majority of the movie i feel like as a viewer we were kind of in on the plan but what happens at the end is the basement guy ends up getting free he goes upstairs and evidently the young man was coming down with the rock that he was given at the beginning of the movie the lucky rock that he was given that was supposed to bring wealth to him he was walking down with that rock that he had been carrying even through the gym gymnasium and staying with um he claimed that it followed him uh that rock is almost the thing that is bludgeons him to death the basement guy ends up being just extremely pissed he i think he knows that his wife is dead and he goes upstairs and uh well actually he, he kind of tricks um uh, the young man going downstairs with this crazy elaborate um like choker thing he has on him and i was like how did they even shoot this with this guy getting choked like this it was it was intense to watch you know actors go through this it, it really looked like these people and uh the, the stunt work was great um and it, it was smart the way that uh the basement guy had uh, had gotten uh the the young man um kiwu and so when you see him at first you don't see him bludgeon his uh head when he's running out of the basement you think that he's about to make it but then that little thing wrapped around his neck ca catches on something and uh pulls him back and then you see that rock in another scene uh hit him straight in the head and i was like "Ooh, this is a." Uh, this is an intense movie when it when it came to that. I mean, they easily several times people's heads literally could have you know cracked open, but um, they just left a little bit you know a puddle of blood to kind of make it ambiguous to determine you know are they alive are they not. But we end up do finding out he's alive, um, and he ha ends up waking up with the the laughing condition. It's almost like the the origin story of the Joker. <laughs> I was like, what the is this the real Joker story? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I actually have found out that that actually does happen if you are in traumatic events or if you have brain injuries, random laughing can happen. And it was we it was interesting how they decided to show that at the very end. He couldn't stop laughing through all this tragedy that had happened through his life, through the death of his sister, through the, uh, the fact that his pops was missing. Um, I didn't even talk about the party. Um, so, yeah, uh, right right after his Ki-Woo uh, ends up being bludgeoned. He's basically out of the picture for the rest of the third act. Um, they are getting ready. They're having that birthday party for the the parks, uh, the upper class son in, in the backyard. And so nobody sees this crazy bloody looking man who had been doing Morse code all night to the boy um, saying help me and whatnot to him through the lights. Um, that he had picked up a knife and was walking through a crowd with it and goes directly to the daughter, Ki Jong, and um yeah, they she gets stabbed straight in the heart. And that was kind of when I I was like, oh my gosh, this movie might have taken a turn and it might have gotten too graphic in a way that's unbelievable but i mean this guy is definitely at his wits end he's been living in a basement for i don't know how long his wife has just been kicked and and thrown down into a basement you can kind of see where he's coming from i mean this family went from being you know kind of uh, uh shabby to being kidnappers and then murderers um let me see. I I am kind of surprised at the way the movie ended. I'm I'm honestly surprised they weren't in more trouble. I think they said that he was sentenced to probation, but I think these people might might even be worse than that. The more I think about it, these people are con artists. They are kidnappers. They're 
they're they're quite smart, which one of the YouTubers brought up. Um, you know, why did why were they poor in the first place? But um, yeah, great ensemble cast, an amazing uh, way to finish the uh, an interesting way to finish an incre an incredible movie. Um, let me see anything else. There was detail in this movie that I've talked about that just cannot be stated enough. Something like the dogs. They have three dogs, the rich family does, throughout the entire movie. And they... I, I Let me see. The, the, uh, the dogs... The dogs are so integral to the movie that they are picking up smells. Um... That I mean, us as the movie goers wouldn't be able to get, but we can see it. And they talk about how important smell is throughout the the movie, and uh, in presence, like uh, just uh, being confident in yourself and stuff like that. So, anyways, they talk about in one scene when the family is trying to escape the Parks family, the smell of Mister Kim, uh, the unemployed driver. And you hear you were eavesdropping in on the uh, Mr. Park and Mrs. Park talking about he smells like an old old man rad old radish smell or something like that. And at some points you can see uh, you know Mrs. Park holding her nose while they're in the car rolling down the window or them something like that. Um, just to that extent, like. Just really disrespectful, and in a way that I, I think that the parks were kind of written in a way that they were supposed to be kind of intentionally uh, out of out of touch. Maybe they just don't know exactly what what they're saying, and you know how rude they're being in in some scenarios. I mean, Mrs. Parks is giving all of her groceries to Mr. Parks to to. Um, <laughs> to uh, carry at one point and you just see the disdain on Mr. Park's face uh, go from, you know, employed driver to just unhappy individual. I mean, just beaten down as a man. Um, so there, there's some pretty uh, interesting scenes regarding just uh, that something I, I haven't seen uh, cinema tackle the smell of something in such a long time and how big of a part of it I mean even to the extent where it's the reason that Mr. Kim stabs the uh, uh, Mr. Park at the very end and something that he keeps bringing up he's like Mr. you know Mr. Park you do love your wife right and when we first hear it he's like of course I do you know this is in the back of a, a, car, a car ride that we're with and we, as the viewers, we don't really understand why he says that. We're just like, okay. And you can kind of see uh, Mr. Mr. Park look at him with a funny face. But then we realize once he says, once they're dressed up, for some reason they had to be Indians. I did not understand why they had to be uh, Native American Indians <laughs> um, for this birthday party, which just felt weird. It felt like a reason to have people stab people. And I think that that's a little bit insensitive in a way, but, um, that, that's probably another grievance I have on that. Just maybe kind of being out of touch with the, uh, American way of, or not just an American or just, we don't typically want to look at native Americans as quote unquote, you know, savages and stabbing and, you know, that craziness and whatnot. It's, that's not what we want to, they want, anybody wants to be represented as. So, um, I, I did think that was a little bit in, you know, out of touch, but, um, we do see Mr. Kim ask, you know, do you love your wife? Um, or you do love your wife to Mr. Kim when they're all dressed up, you know, behind the tent when they're rehearsing the plan. And then you realize he's like, you know, um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Park says to Mr. Kim, he's like, I paid you extra. You're getting paid extra to be silent, you know, that type of thing. And so within like three lines, we find out that um, Mr. Park was definitely silencing Mr. Kim so that he wouldn't say anything about his infidelities. And so that was such a smart line, just like the smell line that was uh, 
just like I said, lingering. It was these details within the plot that I can't ignore. The Morse code of it all. It's just so smart. I can't. I can't uh, say it enough. Um, I do think that at the very end, it gets a tad sloppy with the fallout. I wanted to see more fallout regarding <clears throat> the Parks family confronting the uh, the lower class family. I did want to see more of that uh, reaction. There's a point when the girlfriend is seen after her father is stabbed and she's running away with Ki Woo's body on top of her back. And we did, we were completely robbed of seeing her reaction to seeing him being bludgeoned with a rope around his neck with the basement open. I just wanted, I think that was probably a pretty powerful scene that I don't understand why, why it wasn't shown. Um, this movie does essentially have a third act around the hour and 45 minute mark and finishes up in two hours and then has this epilogue for 12 minutes kind of explaining um, the end of the movie and epilogue of what happened to the family. You know, they end up, uh, the mother and son are basically the ones that take the fall for it. The father runs out the side and then walks back into the basement and uh, actually, now that I think about it, it makes me wonder how... Okay, so the homeless... Sorry, the homeless guy. The guy that was living in the basement ends up getting stabbed. So he's the one that knows about the basement. The maid is in the basement and ends up getting buried by the father um, later. Let me see what else. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone that would know about the basement. I, it might be a slight plot hole that the basement was left open when uh, the daughter went downstairs to go see the uh, to see her boyfriend down there bludgeoned in the head. I'm pretty sure the basement would be open. I think she would have. She definitely would have said something about that. And then if she would have come back down there and that bookshelf would have been moved again, then. I don't know. Maybe I found a a gap in their thinking because they wanted, they need, they want Mr. Kim to be in the basement. But I think they left that basement open um, when when that bludgeoning was happening. And if that basement was open, she would have seen that basement um, down there. And it makes me curious. I don't. I was kind of in the dark. I didn't really understand. The parks don't know about that basement, evidently. Uh, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I do like this little epilogue. I, I thought the third act was a little weak in the execution, which with uh, the way they kind of uh, kind of sweep, uh, they, they, they quickly wrap up a storyline that needed a little bit more than just a sweep, you know, it, than just like some of them get, a couple of people getting stabbed and then it's over. I wanted uh, dialogue and resolution to this fallout, but we end up getting much more of the Kiwoo's um, perspective from the from the end of the movie. He wakes up having that condition where he's he's like laughing, and uh, um, they say it's from brain trauma, evidently. And let me see. Um, from there, he starts writing his father a letter, which I'm not sure how he's going to get this letter to his father, but they, they start um, doing it like narration mode. So it goes over the movie, you know, saying, you know, Pops, I'm, I'm, I've decided I've got a plan, unlike you, that you said you didn't have a plan. Plans fail for you, so they're hopefully not going to fail for me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, he said that he was going to go get a job. He was gonna, It looks like he's going to go to a university or something like that. He's going to try to, you know go really make something of himself and um we kind of we what we think we're getting is a flash forward and we see him all dressed up looking sharp just like his buddy was at the beginning of the movie um and he's going to check out mr park's uh mansion to go buy it and he had been over there many years before when he found out that his father was living in there and had seen the Morse code happening um, from his father, and he had gotten the message. The thing was, at the very end, he said, you know, when when, when we get there, when Mom and I get the house, we're going to be in the backyard, uh, you know, come on out. And 
we see the um, aftermath. I guess we, we see Mr. Park uh, from living in the basement for many years, uh, you know, walk up out, out into the open and see his family. And uh, from there, it fades back into the original lower class basement. And we realize it's all Kiwu um, fantasizing about that last 15 minutes, um, writing about it. And assumingly, that's what the plan is. But I mean, I thought that was quite an interesting movie, uh, way to end the movie. I thought, wow, what what an incredible movie. I have no idea how I'm going to fucking wrap it up. I'm, I have no idea how I'm going to wrap that up in a concise podcast. So hopefully that was there. Uh, this will be available to help you sort out some things and um, kind of understand what you liked, what you didn't like, what you weren't thinking of, what you are thinking of now. Um, so yeah, let me see anything else. Uh, I think I've pretty much covered just about everything I wanted to uh, cover for this movie. Uh, they, I mean, by now you already know there's subtitles, but I mean, like I said, the subtitles were barely noticeable for me. I completely forgot I was watching a subtitled movie by the end. I was just in shock, and honestly, I'm ready for uh, more South Korean cinema from uh, Bong Joon-ho. Thank you for listening to the Look It Out podcast. This podcast is sponsored by LiceRoshMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Get all your photos, videos, product promotion, personal promotion, corporate events, whatever you need. EliasRoushMedia.com. Thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is the podcast for all the excellent uh, podcasting goodness you could possibly enjoy. So we have uh, Gemini Man coming down the tube. We have um, Succession. Season 2, Episode 10, Wrap-Up, already completed. We have that Mr. Robot goodness coming in. Uh, Zombieland, Double Tap, the second one came out. Uh, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. We have all these podcasts coming down. Joker, 2019, already released. Check out Lucky Dog Podcast for all your podcast goodness. Comments, questions, concerns, the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Lucky Dog Podcast. Facebook group, uh, link is below. Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Slugdog Podcast. Ask us some questions on there. Um, Instagram. Check out the Instagram link below. And everyone, take it easy. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back.